0: From the headquarters of the Guild of Champions, this is the Chris Terrell Podcast, and welcome to another week of your weight loss quest. How did this last week go for you, champion? What hard thing came up and sucker punched you and just knocked you to the mat? What happened, huh? Are you getting through it, or are you done? You giving up? Imagine if you're here listening, you didn't give up. Good on you. All right, now if you're new here, my name is Chris Terrell. And after an entire adulthood of chronic yo-yo dieting, up, down, up, down, up, down again, before I finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I made some permanent and meaningful changes to my actual lifestyle, habits, routines, my community, my environment, and my system of beliefs. And if you can change all six of those things, actually change them, for real change them, you will get entirely new results in your life like I did and now I'm here to help you try to make changes to those things in your life I have been enjoying these uh, Q&A episodes and um, I'm actually the feedback I've been getting lately has been positive as well so we're gonna do some more of them now I am responding to the community here and if you want to help shape how the show evolves and adapts The best way to do that is to be in the Facebook group. You can find a link to that in the show notes, or you can go to ChrisTarrowCoaching.com, and I'll have a link for it there, and it's a totally free group, and come in there. Everybody in there listens to the podcast. Also, you got everybody in there that is working on their weight loss journey, and it's great to be able to associate with other people that are losing weight, and, and they're sort of thinking about weight loss in the same way, right? Like. Hey, around here we do weight loss. How how do we do it? That's right, slow and steady. Slow, 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 slow. And that leads me to question number one. I posed into the Facebook group this morning, actually, because I record the episodes on Fridays. I posed a question to the group, saying, "Hey, you got any questions? I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a handful and I'm gonna answer them on the podcast episode today." And uh, this first question comes from Sarah Robinson. And her question is, how slow is too slow? How slow is too slow? I like that question. I like that question. Because it lets me know you're thinking like, all right, I I should be going slow, but I don't want to go too slow. But I want to challenge the question, the paradigm behind that question just a little bit. I want to challenge it. Let's maybe first explain what stopping means, I guess. Because slow means like I'm not progressing. So if I'm stopping, what is stopping? So stopping is maintaining, right? That's what you're doing. When you stop losing weight, when your weight loss is slow and you have stopped, you are maintaining. When you begin to gain weight, you're going backwards and you go backwards at a speed. You might go that way slowly or you might go that way quickly. But if you are gaining weight, you didn't stop losing weight. You're running away from it. You're going the opposite direction. And I am a big proponent of making maintenance being a higher goal, a more important objective than losing weight. Maintenance is more important, much more important than being able to lose weight. Because in the grand in the if we take your life, and we zoom out and we look at your entire life, we're going to see that spending a couple of years losing weight is going to peril in comparison to 30 years of maintaining it. 40 years, 20 years, however many years you got till the end of your days on this earth, right? If we look at these two, it's like, you're going to be doing maintenance far longer than you're going to be losing weight. Like, way longer, like, till you die. So... Weight loss is just a small thing. And when you start thinking of it in these terms, though, and you start looking at your life in years instead of nows, and just for a moment, right, let's just look at the whole thing, and you realize that, oh, oh, okay, this whole year that I think is so terrible, it's really only a small piece of my life. And sometimes we just need to see that. So you know what? Letting your weight loss journey stretch out two, three years, okay, okay, who cares? Like, what's, what's the big deal? What's the problem, right? I So for me, I don't think slow is ever too slow, providing it's slow in the direction of weight loss. And if you're pausing and stopping and by maintaining your weight, excellent. Great. That's awesome. Now, if you want to be losing weight, I know that may not be the result you want, but hey— You're maintaining. Maintenance is always a victory. So if you slow down to the point that you're maintaining your weight and you're doing it via the 10 habits I talk about, you're doing it by not vilifying certain foods, like you're still eating all the foods you love, you got some good movement in your life, right? Like, and you're maintaining and you've created this new lifestyle. All right, so you still got some weight to lose. You'll get there if you want. It's like not a problem because if you can just rest at maintenance, you're good. The challenge is a lot of folks look at weight loss, is binary. I'm either losing weight or I'm gaining weight. I'm either gaining weight or I'm losing weight. If I stop losing weight, that means I'm going to be gaining weight. So I have to learn how to just keep losing weight forever, let me gain some back and lose it again. I'm just going to get real good at that. It's like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What about the middle bit? Maintenance. Maintenance is great. Hang out in maintenance. No problem. No problem taking your time in maintenance. In fact, I'm going to encourage most people to take maintenance breaks. I'm gonna encourage most people to take maintenance breaks. You know what? Hold on. I'm gonna do this on the fly. I've wandered myself here onto maintenance breaks. There is a question that was asked on the group about maintenance. I remember seeing that. Hold on. I'm doing this on my iPad right now. I did not have Facebook up. Um, now I'm gonna navigate this question. Because, you know, maintenance breaks are actually a really important thing. So let me, while I'm getting to this question, let me explain what a maintenance break is. So on your journey, I think you should be taking multiple maintenance breaks, which is where you intentionally pause weight loss and you intentionally maintain weight for some uh, period of time. Uh, I generally recommend most people, if you're going to do a maintenance break, do it for 30 days. Like, do it for 30 days. I think that's really, really important. Uh, here we go. This uh, The question came from Elizabeth uh, McKesson. How do you know it's time to take a maintenance break on your weight loss journey? I figure it's going to vary from person to person, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So, yes, your um, maintenance breaks are going to vary, but I think they're wise to take. Because a maintenance break is going to teach you a couple of things, and you're going to have the opportunity to prove to yourself a couple of things. One of the things you need to be able to do is prove to yourself that you will still do the things you said you were going to do, even if you're not losing weight. So – what happens is a lot of people, they only do things like go to the gym, go get their walks, make make uh, slightly more valuable choices. with the food, like making sure they're getting some protein in, in addition to all the tasty carbs, you know, and they're only eating when they're hungry and they're watching sleep, Like all these habits, right. That you pick up. If you go to maintenance and you stop doing all of them, then you were only doing them because you wanted to lose weight and they were never a habit. It was just a checklist you were trying to do every day. Right, And this will show you that. When you go to do a maintenance break, it is you stress testing your new lifestyle you've been building. When you go to maintain it, you see, all right, what do I keep doing? You know, great. I'm. That's probably becoming more and more habitual. Excellent. And then you look at the stuff you stopped doing, you're like, all right, well, apparently that was not a habit like I thought it was. And this will show that. It is called a stress test. I used to be a, uh, in charge of business systems, and I would come up with new processes for how uh, the company would do things to, uh, to really simplify a job. One of the things I learned, though, is is I could design the perfect system and process in a flowchart and on paper, and it'll all work beautifully. But as soon as they let a human touch it, they're going to find a way to break it that I never could have imagined. In other you have to stress test systems. You have to put it in place, see what happens, see what breaks. Now come back to the drawing board, fix it, redeploy with the new fixes in place. So a maintenance break is you stress testing your maintenance strategy. Do you know how to maintain your weight? You need to be learning how to maintain your weight, your entire weight loss journey. That is your job. Your job while losing weight is to learn how to maintain it. That's your job. Because everything you have to do to lose weight, you can use to maintain weight. And so if you're doing things to lose weight that you're not going to do forever, stop doing that. You're not teaching yourself any habits that you need. You're wasting your time. Yeah, I know. You're losing weight. But trust me, when you get to the other side and you're trying to maintain your weight after you just lost 80 pounds via keto, and now you don't know how to eat carbs, and you don't know how to handle the hunger spikes that come as a result of them, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're gaining weight, and you're like, no, I'm going to go back on that keto next Monday, and you keep not doing it because keto fucking sucks. Yeah, Whew, I got myself really worked up right there. Who buddy, I needed to get that out of my system, I think. <laughs> I don't know that I'm leaving this in the podcast. All right, let's uh, let's calm down a little bit. Let's calm down. Wow. who, I got excited. You know who I got excited at right there? I got excited at my old self. Wow, I just got mad at old me. Wow, that was crazy. That was nuts. Because as I was saying it, I was literally just picturing in my mind, my, me at about what was I about thirty, in my apartment, and I'd gained a bunch of weight back, at like sixty pounds, and I remember just kicking the shit out of myself in my head. Wow, I haven't visited this memory in ages. All right, hold on. So standing in my kitchen, and I just beating myself up. Just thinking, I'm going to get back on this tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to do it. And every time I'd say I'm going to do it, I'm like, no, it's terrible. I can't eat another omelet. I can't do another chicken wings. I can't do more grease and fat. I can't. I can't. I can't eat any more fat. It just feels so greasy. And then I'm sick of bacon. And it's like, you think you're not going to get sick of these things, but it's just like all the keto stuff. And I was like, I just wanted to. I just I just want some waffles. Like, can I have waffles just once? Like, what's wrong with having a waffle once on a Saturday? And I just remember having this debate in my head. Uh, sometimes I wish I could just go back and grab myself by the collar. I'm like, come on, man. You're making this so much harder than you need to. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Just go have your waffles. And then just have just the waffles. And then keep going. All right. Let me get back down off that soapbox and calm down. You know the uh, maintenance breaks will teach you that you know how to start losing weight again. That's the second skill <laughs> to come all the way back to answer that second question. When you when you are on maintenance on purpose, you don't have to be hungry anymore, and you you now you've found yourself a place where you can eat and enjoy all the foods that you love, and you realize. I don't know that I want to lose weight in a way that requires me to give this up and like, but I do want to keep losing weight. And what happens is starting a deficit again is mentally challenging. It's hard. I've done it many times. Um, It's hard. It's easier now, but it is still very hard. I have to really kind of psych myself up for it for a couple of weeks uh, to go into a deficit. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have a very crystal clear sense of my motivations (laughs) I'm going to do that. And when you go on a maintenance break, it lets you prove to yourself that you can start a calorie deficit on command. You might need a week or two to work your way up to it. That's fine. But you demonstrate that you have that and maintenance breaks will give you that. And then there's also the metabolic breaks, like being in a calorie deficit for too long of a period of time can make weight loss challenging. Sometimes it is better to just reverse diet up, have a little bit more calories and then go back down again. Sometimes that really, really can be helpful. All right. Question number two. This one comes from Bert Haynes. How to make an exercise plan when you are injured. I am so sorry to all of you right now that are going through an injury because right now I've had many people talk about injuries. Um, and it sucks because if you're asking, it's because I know you're probably injured. Um, and to all of you listening that are navigating an injury, listen up. Well, I'm just I'm coming out of the other end of mine. I got some tips I'll give you. Um, and to those of you that aren't injured, listen up, listen well, because you will get injured at some point. I wish you wouldn't, but you will. I mean, it, it'll be a fluke. Like mine was a fluke. I was talking to somebody on Thursday, telling me or yesterday, telling me about their injury, and it was just a fluke. I mean. It just happens, right? It's not like you don't plan to get injured. So that's why those of you thinking like, well, I'm not going to get injured. I don't need to know about this. I promise you're going to get injured. Um, So Bert, how how to make an exercise plan when you are injured? Uh, First fundamental part of this is you have to have the right mindset. Now, the fact you're asking this question indicates you got the right mindset on you, which is the what can I do? So when you get injured, sometimes all the focus could then be placed in what you can't do. I rolled my ankle. I can't use my ankle. What do I need to do? Well, everything I want to do uses my ankle. It's like, well, stop focusing on that. That's <laughs> not helpful. I mean, if it's going to be like, let's come up with the list to rule these out, sure. But like, let's immediately move off it and get to what can I do. So the first part of creating that exercise routine, if you're injured, this is assuming your injury is going to be more than a month recovery. If it's less than a month, just do the best you can. Honestly, you don't don't make a new routine for something you're going to do for a month, but. If it's like three, four months of recovery at least, yeah, you're going to have to make a whole new routine to get you through it. So the first bit, first several weeks, is you gaining a sense of clarity on what kind of exercises can you do. This might mean conversations with your doctor. This might mean taking yourself to a gym and testing your body to see what you're able to do without pain. Uh, Like when I injured mine with my ankle, uh, basically I was told to just take it right up to what my pain will let me do. Um, and just listen to my body, but don't, don't hurt it, It, you know, staying off it and stuff. But like, I asked like, can I swim laps in the pool? And like, sure. So I put a buoy between my knees and I swam laps and drug my foot behind me. There was a slight bit of discomfort just from the water making my foot straighten out. But all in all, it really was, it was fine. I did that. But I quickly realized it was just a big hassle with, with, with a gimpy leg getting into the pool. So I started going and lifting and finding other exercises I could do there. I eventually realized I just couldn't really do much with my lower legs. I just wasn't able to exercise them very well uh, for several months. So my workout routine just omitted my legs by and large, and I started really focusing on my upper body. And I'm glad I did that. And I Actually, here, several months later, uh, my upper body looks better than it's ever looked in my entire life. I am like compl- very happy uh, with what it's doing. And I wouldn't have... Um, I wouldn't have taken the time to do it, to work on the upper body. I would not have dedicated this much time if I hadn't got injured. So the other part I would say that goes with this is look at your injury as an opportunity. Look, you're injured. and nothing you can do about it, so you might as well make it useful. So the best way to make it useful is just make a choice to find the positive, right? I, I hear you. Some people like, well, Chris, I broke my leg. It's hard to find a positive in this. I'm like, I get you. You might have to get a little creative. But you're going to have to find the positive. You have to find that positive in that injury. Because it's here. There's nothing you can do about it. Belly aching about it all the time ain't going to do you a damn bit of good. It's just going to get you all sad. And who wants to just be all sad all the time? If you look at it as a positive, it's probably going to help. And so that's what I did with mine. I just started looking at it as as a positive thing. You know, how can this help me? And... That was one of the ways I looked at it was how it forced me to exercise in an entirely different way. So uh, without knowing the specifics of your injury, Bert, I'm not able to do that. So I'll have to talk more conceptually. So the concepts being first gain clarity on what can you do. Um, And then once you find a set of exercises you can do, it's just either create a schedule or just become good at going again, just like keep your body moving. You know, I decided to do strength training because I could do that with my upper body. So I started making a plan that t- was tailored to that result. But i tell you what, the first like month and a half of my injury, it was just the point was just to do something, anything. I was doing strength training in the mix of several other things, but it was really me just trying the different forms of exercises for several weeks until I found the ones that I'm like, okay, I'm willing to dedicate some time to this and I'm willing to modify my nutrition to do it. And it's like, if I'm gonna do a bunch of strength training and I'm gonna be eating, you know, I'm gonna have a harder time controlling my food because I'm not moving as much, this is a perfect time because. Technically, to gain muscle, I would need to be in a surplus anyway, and I'm not going to try to eat in a surplus. So if I happen to drift a little bit to the surplus side, so be it. I'll focus on my protein targets, and I'll get my lifts in. Like, I just realized I was willing to do that. Let me tell you, now that I can run again, I am dropping lifting pretty quick because I like running. I want to run. Like, if if running is a choice against lifting, I almost always choose running, and that's how I use my injury. It forced me to do the other thing. A uh, great question, Bert. All right, let's move to question number three, which comes. Uh, we actually have two questions about the same topic, so I wanted to read both questions and then we'll talk about it. Uh, this first one comes from um, Eleanor Nigel. I think I said that right. I would like to find my why and be able to direct myself to that when I am in need of motivation. How do I accomplish this? And Terry Branson also asked. I love Terry's question. <laughs> Any tips or tricks to find my give a damn again? <laughs> I've not heard that before. Calling your motivation my give a damn. <laughs> where's my give a damn? I left it around here somewhere. It's under a rock or in a. Where's my overalls? I'll better I left it in them. <laughs> my give a damn. I just, I don't know why. Now I'm picturing you, Terry, as a country woman. I don't know if you're country or not, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just how it makes me think. Give a damn. It sounds like a bless your heart. Um... But really, both of these questions are about the same thing. Why? Also, sometimes called your motivation. Like, how do I stay motivated to lose weight? If if there's a question I'm asked more than, like, if there's a number one question, this one's probably it. How do I stay motivated? Because now people will ask it to me in a thousand different ways, but it's, it's the same question. I'm not motivated to do something that I should be doing. So part of it is, in your mind, you have to begin shifting that should into must. You know, how do I get myself motivated to, you know, lose weight? I I feel like I should lose some weight. How do I get myself motivated to do it? I'm like, well, we got to turn it into a must. And it's like, okay, Fine. Great, Chris. Well, how do I turn it into a must? Well, what we've got to do is we got to look at you as a human and we got to tug on the levers of your brain that are the same for every human. It doesn't matter who, where you were raised or how old you are, young you are, what your cultural background is. There's just things about you that are the same because you are a person, right? You know, let's look at dogs. I mean, look, yeah, I'm about to compare people to dogs. But, you know, look at dogs. We have all different breeds that clearly have different, you know— quirks and features that come with each different breed but there's also a lot of things that are the same because they're a dog right there there are similarities across the breeds well hey it's no different than humans yeah we all got our own little quirks that come with us different people but you know we're also just people and there's two guiding forces that really make a difference for people and if you're struggling to get yourself to do something You've got to use these guiding forces to help you take that should and shift it into a have to. I gotta, I must, I gotta have this. You gotta create this sense of deep desire. That's what you're trying to create that emotion of desire for something. This, like, this deep, burning need to have something in your life that you don't have now. That's what we want to create. And also, while simultaneously creating a deep burning desire to not have something that you have right now. we and I, The two forces I'm talking about are of pain and of pleasure. All humans are guided by these two forces. We all want to avoid pain and we want to experience pleasure. And we want to avoid pain more than we want to experience pleasure. And a lot of times we will live our life guided by running away from pain. Wherever there's any discomfort, I'm going to run away from it. I'm starting to feel these strong emotions. Let me run away to my box of cheez to make them go away. Rather than just being a little uncomfortable, I'm going to go suppress that shit. That's what I used to do. And so to create your, oh, wait, no, the term, to find your give a damn again, you've got to do two things. Number one, you have to look at your current results in your life. What do you currently have? And you have to create dissatisfaction to it. You have to shine the light of your awareness on the things that are in your life that you don't want. That might mean going in front of a mirror and staring at yourself. That might mean getting photos taken of you from every angle and letting you have a good look at what you look like. And going, do you like that or not? Because it's all changeable. You can change it all. Do you want to change it or do you want to leave it as is? It's up to you. You do whatever makes you happy. And if you look at it and like, well, like, I don't know that I like that photo. I don't know that I, I didn't know I looked like that from that angle. And Chris keeps telling me I can change it. Well, how do I change it? Well, what you do is you do da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And now you begin to create the desire. I don't want to look this way. I want to look that way. we Letting go of what we are now and latching onto this future vision of what we could be, and you have to really create this web of motivation, all tied around that. Now this is a whole lesson. I got. I just did a whole webinar on this, um, a three-day uh, webinar back in January, uh, January first of the year. My uh, um, why is the way. It was. Uh, Teaching my desire on demand framework. Like, so this isn't something I can answer quickly. I spent, uh, what was it, six hours explaining it, uh, just the intro to it on that workshop. So it, it's not something I can get into right here and, and answer it fully. But to give you both, all of you, that answer that you need, it's you create a wanting, a longing, a yearning for something you don't have, and you create disdain. And resentment towards something you do have. And then you work to let it go so the new thing can take its place. Now, understand all of this is arbitrary. You, you pick whatever you want, right? But this is just how the brain works, it, it's how we make changes. And you can let yourself do it by chance or you can do it on purpose. It still works if you do it on purpose. And as you make this shift within you, certain activities will begin to not feel so desirable because you'll know like, ah, this activity takes me away from that which I desire. If you can create awareness to that, you're now making a choice of, I know I want to go, it really does become a choice just like what I'm about to say, it is this black and white. This is what I would say on my journey. Let's say I was at a party that I wasn't planning to go to and there was cake that I wasn't planning to eat and there it was and I wanted to have some and I'd ask myself, do you want that cake more than you want to lose weight? And I'd be like, no. And so then I wouldn't eat it. But there were other times like, do you want that cake more and you want to lose weight? And like, I don't know that I really care about losing weight right now. And so what I had to do was attach other things to my weight loss that I wanted. And I was like, well, let me ask you, Terrell, that suit, that three-piece suit you want to look bomb in. Is that cake going to take you closer to it or further from it? I'm like, fuck, it's going to take me away from it. Well, So what's more important to you, that three-piece bomb-ass suit that you could be wearing or that cake? What do you want more? Pick right now. Well, I want the three-piece suit. Yeah, there's a whole story behind that three-piece suit. I don't know that I've ever shared that. Um, I would just talk about some memory that I would want to have that I don't have yet, a, a vision, you might call it, of my potential future. And I would say, This cake or that future? Which do I want? And I make myself make the choice. And yeah, sometimes it'd be absurd. Sometimes I'd be like, you want that extra piece of dinner or do you want to lose weight? What do you want to do, man? You know you don't need that. What do you want to do, self? Pick. Like, I just make myself do it. And yeah, sometimes I'd be like, I'm going to have the food. All right, fine. I don't worry about it. At least I own the choice. I'm not going to make myself feel bad. I'm like, all right, fine, fine. Just don't beat yourself up tomorrow because you chose the food. See, that was different. Before I would give myself the choice, I would choose the food, then the next morning, I'm like, come on, man. Why are you choosing this? You knew you shouldn't have done it. You're such a blah, blah, blah. And just start insulting myself. No, now it's like I chose the food. Wake up the next morning. How do you feel about last night? I chose food. Would you do it again? I'm like, meh. With the benefit of hindsight, it wasn't that good, but I still stand by my choice. Would you do it again tomorrow? No. Knew no, if I was faced with this choice again in the future, I'd, I'd not get that. That wasn't good. See, now I learned something like, see, then it was valuable. I just care if I just take away all this beating myself up in my head business, and, you know, acting like losing weight has anything to do with me being happy. If I just stopped all that, and just said, I get to just feel good the whole time, no matter what my choices are, I'm just going to choose to be okay with it. Life just got so much easier, so much easier. All right. That answer, that is going to wrap up the podcast episode today. Thank you so very much for listening in each week. Thank you so very much to those of you that uh, answer or ask some questions on the Facebook group. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a rating and a review. And if you are on Spotify, if you scroll up, uh, there's an option where you can give me direct feedback on the podcast. I would love to hear from you. I read those. I can't respond to them. They don't give me some means of doing it, but I read each and every single one of them, and I love reading them. You can leave them on any episode uh, if you're on Spotify. And, of course, the Facebook group is an excellent way to stay connected. I go live there every Monday morning. And also, you can connect with other people in the community and like things like today where I take community questions on the podcast episode. it's a. I want to connect with you more. So come in that Facebook group. If you like this episode, if you like any episode of the podcast, please be sure to let me know in the Facebook group as well. You're welcome to tag Chris Terrell Coaching or tag me directly. It'll notify me. I can't always respond, but I do always see them. Thank you so very much. Have a great day and I'll see you next week on the Chris Terrell Podcast.